Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Going to read one more passage of scripture as we jump into the word very quickly this morning. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the word of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. All the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they'd understood the words that were declared to them. Father, let your word go deep. We continue to pray for Israel. We continue to pray for the Ukraine. We continue to pray for so many who are struggling here today. We pray for the innocent who are are caught in the conflicts. We lift them all up to you, God, as the one who is more than able. Give you praise in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Yesterday I was sitting at at home. I should have been at soccer games, but I was doing some rewriting on this message. And uh, read an article that basically said this from the Associated Press, that our faith in institutions are at an all-time low. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't need to read that. I already knew that. How about you? Our, uh, our faith, people have less faith in our government. People have less faith in uh, financial institutions, even, even the church today. It's not surprising news, but it did confirm what the Lord laid on my heart. See, in this life, we've been in this series, in this life we're looking for, uh, here, here's the thought for today. Celebration must be stronger than cynicism. Celebration must be stronger than cynicism. Now, to be honest with you, out of all the messages that I've heard and spoke, this is the one that means the most to me today, simply because I know the power of cynicism out there in the world, and sometimes in here, and sometimes in my own soul. Just as we've said, worship must be stronger than worship of self, worship of God. Worship must be, uh, of God must be stronger than worship of self. Following Jesus must be stronger than comfort. Family must be stronger than individualism. Celebration today must be stronger than cynicism. And so uh, as I was writing this, I realized this message isn't so much for you as for me. I was talking with a friend on the phone and I was telling that I, I just felt the Lord saying, this is about your heart, Ray. And he said, yeah, come to think of it, you really are terrible at celebration, but you're pretty good at cynicism. And so you get to listen along as the Lord deals with me. I'd like to give you some definitions this morning. The definition of celebration in a biblical context is this. Celebration is the expression of joy, gratitude, and praise to God for his blessings, as well as commemorating uh, commemorating important events and milestones similar to what we just did. Scripture is filled with exhortations to walk with joy, to be thankful for the blessings of God, to be excited about what God is doing and to give praise and worship to all that God has done. That's the call of we who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And, and as I thought of this, we could, th- we could have used the word, let joy be stronger than cynicism. Let thankfulness be stronger than cynicism. Let praise be stronger than cynicism. But, but the word celebration is different, and here's the reason why. Celebration is explicit. It's defiant. Not only does it recognize who God is and what he is doing, but also it calls for a response. Celebration is a godly defiance in a culture of doubt. Celebration requires a response from you and I. It requires not only something inward, but something outward today. It not only requires mental assent, it requires us to, to and leads us into action. Now the definition of cynicism. Cynicism is this. It's a mindset or attitude characterized by a general distrust of the motives and sincerity of others, often accompanied by a belief that people are primarily self-interested and motivated by personal gain. A consistent cynical outlook may lead to a lack of trust and cooperation, possibly hindering social and interpersonal relationships. How many can identify with that stuff? All around us. Cynicism leads to a distrust of others. It makes us doubt one another. We believe that most everybody else, especially those who don't believe like us, are only about themselves and their self-interest and they just don't get it. They're motivated by personal gain and it leads to a lack of trust. And if there's one thing in our nation today, we can summarize this, looking out in our culture today, how many will agree there's a complete lack of trust of, of all the stuff around us, including sometimes each other? That's what we face today. And it hinders our relationships. We have become a culture of cynics. To be honest with you, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, let's just be honest about it. And I'm not talking about a healthy skepticism. I'm talking about when cynicism gets a hold of your soul. I mean, honestly, the the silliness that's going on in Washington, D.C., and I'm not picking on them, I'm just stating a fact. I mean, I'm a card-carrying Republican, and I'm shaking my head saying, what are they doing? And it leads to wondering and, and, and cynical, like, are they ever going to get it right? Are they ever going to get it right? You look at the financial institutions, the, the economic upheaval that we are in, the interest rates that keep climbing, and, and no one can seem to get a handle on inflation or any of these other things. You look at the culture shifts where you look at someone, you go, how can they possibly think that way? And they're looking right back at you saying the same thing. Then we tend to live in social media echo chambers. You know what those are, right? Social media echo chamber is when you listen to the people who think like you and nobody else and they just repeat back to you what you already know and you affirm what what they're saying because they're agreeing with you and if they're agreeing with you, they must be smart people. Right? Echo chambers. I did an experiment last night. Mary was in bed and I, I, I stayed up. She introduced me to this thing called Instagram. I mean, wow. I mean, I'm sure there's, I mean, there were some cute reels of kids. One of my favorite. This, this kid, this little, this little girl is crying her eyes out. She's weeping and sobbing and, 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 and just totally upset, lost it. And her mommy is filming her saying, honey, what's the matter? The little girl looks up. Daddy called me a, a Democrat. Daddy called me a Democrat. But that's what we do when we live in these kinds of places and this lack of trust, we, we assign names and, 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 and stuff. I'm gonna move on from that because no one wants to hear that. But I did a, an experiment 
And by the time I was done, I was so sick to my stomach about what I was watching on Instagram. Not because it was, it was sexual in any way, shape, or form. Maybe I caught a good run. I don't really know. But it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was the vitriol anger at one another. It was the anger and the harshness and the, the way we were treating and, and the complete distrust of people. We're living in a society where people are looking at one another because they don't trust the institutions. They, they, they're not sure they can trust people. And so we're living in these little cocoons of cynicism. And what God wants to say today, at least in my opinion, is he wants us to break out of that. And as the people and the children of God, to let the people who are dealing with cynicism out there saying, there's a different way. There's one you can believe in who can be trusted. There's one you can depend on. There's one you can believe in. And his name is Jesus today. The problem with cynicism is this. It can lead to disillusionment and hopelessness. How many know that one of the greatest seals we have out there right now is people are losing hope? Come on, church, I need you to get a hold of this because we got a job to do. There's a hopelessness invading and pervading our society. It leads to disillusionment and hopelessness, making it more difficult for people to connect with the message of hope offered by the gospel. Everywhere we look, people are struggling with trust. Everywhere you look, they're, 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 they're becoming more and more hopeless. And just like contempt, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's harming relationships. Here's my point. However, it's not just the people out there who are struggling with cynicism. How do you know that perhaps a few of us in this room are struggling with cynicism as, as well, right? I won't ask you to lift your hand, but I don't need to because I'll guarantee you at least, well, a lot, a lot. John Tyson put it this way. He said this, cynicism is leaking into all of our hearts. It's moving through our culture like a cancer, and this is a seriously troubling thing because it is a cynicism accompanied by a sense of heavy hopelessness. The problem is that this deep cynicism hasn't become normal just in culture around us. It's moving into the church. It's moving into the church. We become cynical, maybe thinking that things will never change. So instead of sharing the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, we get caught up in, in 24-hour media cycles. We get caught up in the in the news briefs. We get caught up in the stuff that's happening out there and we focus our eyes on that and we take our eyes off Jesus and it creates people who are prone to cynicism then. Uh, just watching that for 30 minutes yesterday, I could feel the cynicism rising up in my gut. I could feel it happening because that's what happens. What we focus on begins to, to affect us inside where no one else can see. Everyone's still awake this morning? It happens, and it's happening to we who are calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus. You know what? We, uh, when, when we get caught up in cynicism, two things happen. Number one, we lose our sense of awe. A-W-E. Boy, when I was a young Christian, I thought God could do anything. When I was a young Christian, I was on fire. I believed, and, and no one could dissuade me. But as you get older, and that cynicism begins to creep into your soul, all of a sudden, you're not so sure, and you lose your awe of who God is and what God can accomplish and what God has done. Then we lose that sense of expectation. When did we stop believing that God could change the day? When did we stop believing that he was bigger than the foolishness out in the world? When did we stop believing that our God is more than able. He can do more, the Bible says, than we can ask or even imagine today. Hence the, de the, the need for a fresh sense of celebration. 
The Bible says this, 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pastor Ray, is there anything to celebrate? Yes. How about, how about this? If you got nothing else, how about the, celebrate the goodness of God? Just celebrate for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. How many think that's what we're celebrating this morning? His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank God for God that his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank God for what he's doing around us. Even the things we take for granted like nature. I, uh, you remember that bear story I told you had no bearing on any sermon? Well, this is where I was when that happened. That picture. No, up, up, up there again. There you go. Thank you. Uh, I can see God all over that thing. Can't you? That the God who created the worlds and spoke them into existence, he's still more than able today. Thank God for God. Thank God for his blessings. Hey friends, at least we're sitting in this room and no one's trying to shoot at us today. Our homes are safe. We got cars to drive. Mine's a little low on gas, but I'll get gas because I can afford it after the service. I'm blessed today. Uh, let me tell you how blessed I am. Last weekend, I wasn't speaking. I went to four soccer games, a football game, and then went to Spooner Farms for a pumpkin getting day. <laughs> and, and quite frankly, I'm the guy who tries to get out of that stuff. Not the soccer games. Those are fun. One of my granddaughters, she kicked a, scored a goal, and she immediately goes, <laughs> she's that tall. I mean, Hattie, she scored. Mary said, she, I couldn't go yesterday. She scored two goals yesterday. You betcha. I mean, she thinks she's Lionel Messi. It's insane. Where was I? I'm blessed. How could I not go to the pumpkin patch with the kids? I mean, I got to do this. It was raining. I got to sit under a, an umbrella with four. There's actually four. There, one's in the back hawking. I got to sit there and be with my grandkids. I'm a blessed man. That's what we're celebrating today. Yeah, but Pastor Ray, you don't know. I know I, I'm not taking away. I'm heading to a hospital after this service to see a friend who's dying of cancer. But in the midst of what Jimmy's dealing with, he and I are united in this. God is more than able to heal him. But if he doesn't, Jimmy's going to a better place and eventually I'm going to see him again. That's we're celebrating the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the blessings and who God is. How about this? Celebrate our identity in Christ, but you are a chosen people. I don't, I, don't, I don't read this with arrogance. Good Lord, the one thing the church needs less of is arrogance. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We belong to God, church. How many think that's what we're celebrating today? We belong to God. We're a chosen, God's possession, called out of darkness. How about celebrating our, our, our salvation? For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that anyone can boast. There's no greater reason for celebration than to say, I've been saved, I'm a sinner saved by grace. How about celebrate our community? We get to be together today. How often do we take that for granted? 
We get to come into this place and worship God and sing the songs of praise and of worship of God. And we get to hang out together and talk after the service. And we get to pray for one another. Celebrate the community that we have. What a privilege. You know, uh, Friday night we had a, well, uh, 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 I don't know, it was a dinner. That's all I really know. It was a dinner. And over 300 people here, as I stat, stood in the back corner right over where, uh, I think Kevin's sitting, I, uh, I thought back to our first dinner here at Calvary Community 36 years ago. We were hoping for, what, 40 people, and 65 people showed up. I called everybody I knew. I felt like a mega church pastor. <laughs> it was a big deal, and we had over 300 here this last weekend. And to watch and see what God has done and what God continues to do, he deserves our celebration today. Hey, if, if none, none of that works for you, how about this? Let's celebrate the retur eventual return of Jesus. Now, a lot of us, we want him to come today. Right now, it'd be good. Lord Jesus, come quickly. I get it. Yeah, that's worth a clap. I get it. <clears throat> but whether he comes today, tomorrow, a year from now, 100 years from now, or I go to meet him, the truth and the, the reality of a celebration is this. One day, I'm gonna, and you're gonna get to sit and be in the presence of the living God. How marvelous is that? So if you can find nothing else to celebrate today, celebrate that this morning. Practicing the way of celebration. Real quickly, 9.55. Thank you. <laughs> celebrate. How do we celebrate? Well, here's just a, uh, it won't be easy, let me say this, it won't be easy in a world of cynics to be a person of celebration, but we can do it. Celebrate with praise and worship. Friends, how blessed we are when we walk into this room and we can sing and celebrate. Number two, how about this one? Celebrate with gratitude. You know what the antidote to cynicism is? It's being thankful for what God has done for you. Yeah, but Pastor Ray, I've got all these problems. Yes, yeah, so do I and so do some friends of mine. But I'm gonna tell you this, I am so grateful already. If God never blessed me again with anything else, I'm a blessed man here today. How about you? I'm a blessed person because of Christ. Celebrate with generosity at that meeting on dinner on Friday. Mary comes up to me and says, hey, there's a young woman. She just needs a little help. She was in a car accident. And, and my response was, how much? To be able to bless others with generosity is a, is a way we celebrate through giving. Celebrate with fellowship, hanging out with one another. I look forward, every Wednesday I go to lunch with Daniel and Taylor. I look forward to that, 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 that lunch with the community, with the fellowship, talking about church and about God and about all these different things and all of the things that we're a part of. How about this one? Celebrate with stories of, of God's faithfulness. Hey friends, here's a quick one for you. I was here, I was here when there were only 12 people. I mean, there's more than 12 people on this row. I was here where there were only 12. And I, I've seen the ups and downs. I've seen God bless and people come to know Jesus and people whose lives have been changed. People who've been here 25. The Foss family's here today and their children who grew up with my children are not teaching the children, your children. I mean, what stories we have to tell because of the faithfulness of God. We need to start sharing the stories. Instead of sharing another story of, hey, the government messed up again. Friends, that's not a story anymore. I don't mean, I don't mean that mean. It's just not a story. It's not news. But how about this? Hey, let me tell you, I was with someone the other day and we prayed for this and God met the need. 
How's that for a story? Hey, I was dealing with someone, they committed their life to God's design for their souls. How's that for a story? Hey, my men's group, we were talking and Jake brought in a birthday thing set up for his friend. That's a story we're telling. They're stories that are begging to be told. We're, we're stuck in the cycle of telling the stupid stuff out there. I, I said stupid in here. I don't think I said it out loud, but if I did, I apologize. The crazy stuff out there to celebrate what God has done. Hey, how about this one? We need new birthdays. Hear me out before you think I'm crazy. We need new birthdays. You know, my, the birthday I, I celebrated, I, I celebrate September 8th every year. You know what that birthday means? By that birth, I'm, I'm brought into a, a world that's a little bit crazy. And one day, my future with that one birth is, is death and separation from God because I'm a sinner. But then there's that second birth. I mean, I can't tap dance, but I wish I could. I can moonwalk a little. It blows my mind. Why don't we, why don't we set up those birthdays? Why not every year? And I, I don't remember the day. I, I came to Christ as a child, but I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with a date. Maybe it'll be on my physical birthday, but maybe not. Maybe April 3rd. I'm going to celebrate that by my second birth, I have eternal life, and I'm going to spend my days with Jesus in eternity. How many think that's worth celebrating? You know, we need to start celebrating the, the special stuff. Thanksgiving, Christmas. I just went through all the things that, that in Judaism, they, they've, got, they've got weekly celebrations. they got everything going on celebrating the goodness of God. Friends, why don't we develop hearts and passions for celebration? Well, I'm almost done. Not yet, but I'm almost Celebrators like you and I, we don't forget there are problems out there. We don't pretend that there's not. Celebration is not a, a pill that says, I don't have to think about that stuff. No. Celebrating, Christians who celebrate are being strategic in sharing the gospel through their very lives. We're, we're strategic. My friend is still in the hospital with cancer. She was still in a car accident. Some of you are struggling with things in this service today. We're not going to pretend that's not real. Here's what we're going to say. Here's what we're going to celebrate. We're going to say that the same God that split the Red Sea, the same God that provided manna in the desert, closed the mouth of the lions, kept those three young men from burning up in the furnace, turned water into wine, saved a sinner like me, is greater than anything that takes place out there. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's more faithful, he's more able, he's more trustworthy, he's all of these things. 
and he's able to change my soul and my heart and make me a follower and therefore he's worthy of my celebration. And we take that and we tell the world in the face of, friends, we will not win one person to Jesus being as cynical as they are. There's a darkness invading and pervading our world out there. You know what we need? What we need is like at Christmas, the, the, candle, the candlelight thing we do every Christmas Eve. I love that. We take candles. That's messy. It gets all over the seats, the floor. Our team here has to spend a lot of time, and I apologize for that, but I wouldn't trade it or do away with it. I, I'll, I'll take and light a candle, and then I'll light this candle, and this candle, and we walk through the, we walk through the room, and before you know it, there is a glow. The light, one light turns into many lights and we light up the place, we light up the room. Here's my point, and I forget who said it. It's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Let your life be a candle. Let your life shine in such a way through your celebration that people's lives are forever changed by the presence and the goodness of Jesus, amen? Let's pray, Father. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that we can celebrate you, that we can worship you, that we can be loved by you. Thank you for who you are this morning. And we're gonna give you all the praise and the glory as we let our light shine before people that they may see you. So Lord, do a good work within us as we worship you one last time together here in this service right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Stand with us, let's worship the Lord. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.